Hey everyone, it's Jamie. I am back with a story of a house I literally just learned about. And it blows my mind that I haven't heard about this before now. Today we are going to talk about the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. And I have to tell you, it is definitely an out there story. Okay, so I am going to do my absolute best not to jump from place to place to place with this story. There's just so much. So I'd never heard of the place. My husband was the one who told me about this and instantly I was hooked and interested when he told me the story of who haunts the house. I had to look into it. I found as much as I could. So what I did find is that this house is, it's an old house. It was built in the mid 1800s. From what I could find, it was 1867. It was owned by the Finney family for more than a century. And there have, and let me, let me tell you, okay. The story of Sally House is in Atchison, Kansas, involves Dr. Charles Finney. And it seems harmless to a point, but it's still very, very sad. And I'm going to tell you the story. This is what got me hooked because I'd never heard this before. So a mother... Um, comes to Dr. Finney's home. Now, when he owned the house, he, you know, made it his, he, he was a physician and he made it his, his office, basically. He had the front that served as like office space and then he had exam rooms. Well, him and his family resided upstairs. They lived upstairs in the house and that is what they used as their living quarters. The bottom house was his office, basically his doctor's office. So there's, there's the mother. She has her six year old daughter named Sally. She, her daughter is complaining of severe abdominal pain. She's in absolute horrible pain. Her mom rushes her to Dr. Finney's house to his office he instantly diagnoses her as, okay, this is appendicitis. We can't delay the surgery. He is afraid. They prep her. They're getting her ready. She's in the operating room. And this is at the house. He's afraid that her appendicitis is so bad that it's, that her appendix is going to burst. That he began cutting into her before the anesthesia took full effect and she died on the operating table she could feel everything he was doing to her cutting into her she was screaming and crying and not only did she already have this abdominal pain that's causing severe discomfort now she's feeling somebody cut into her she she doesn't even have the full effects of anesthesia so 
it I've read somewhere that oh she thought that he was torturing her I could understand that that you would think that well one at six years old even not at six years old you can still feel that doctors should wait that you shouldn't feel that type thing see where people would think she would take that as torture unfortunately we don't really know if that's actually how she took it or if she was just focused on the pain either way there was going to be pain even more pain than she was already feeling if she's feeling him cut into her but that was that's the heartbreaking part of it and it's just it's so sad to know that the six-year-old little girl died in this way I, of course, decided I have to look it up. I have to find out what year this happened because that's something I cannot and I can't find. I cannot find that anywhere. And that's driving me nuts. I am afraid maybe I'm not looking in the correct location because I did find that there are three documented deaths in that house, but all of them were of natural causes. And I don't know if that being as he was using that as an office space, as an as a doctor's office, if that means that it's considered in a, if they don't have to document it as a death in that house because of that. So I don't know. I can't find that. I might be looking in the wrong spot. I wish I knew what year this supposedly happened in, but I, I really, I can't find it anywhere, you guys. Let me tell you this next part. The, the house after that remained haunted. I mean, people were, were talking about Sally. People were talking about the ghost of this little girl that just died there, that she stayed there. She was haunting their house. Well, right now, the house is currently unoccupied. You can book like a night's stay at that house. You can book a self-guided tour if you go online you can you can find how to type in sally's house in atchison kansas and you're going to be able to find where you can book this <laughs> no joke but a waiver you have to sign a waiver that is required before you can even step foot in that house and that's due to the potential for personal injury even though the last serious injury that has been reported was in 1993. This is where I believe this house and the story of this house has taken, the story takes a very dark turn. The haunting takes a a more ominous, you know, dark approach (laughs) than the original story. The story is sad. We all can agree to that. This the the it, what happened to these tenants in in the nineties is what really made the story gain traction and made it very well known. So what happened is in nineteen ninety three, a couple moved in, Tony and Deborah Pickman, and they move in there. They have a newborn son. They they move into this you know nice house. And it was almost instantly when the husband gets home and Tony gets home and he goes to the kitchen and he's getting something to drink or getting something to eat. 
turns around and he sees a little girl and he's so just blown away by this that he runs to tell his wife and apparently he couldn't get out the words of what he was trying to say so she told him well just draw just draw it what are what are you trying to tell me and he drew a he sketched a little picture of this little girl that he saw okay that's when they start noticing more things lights start turning on and off by themselves appliances seem to turn on and off by themselves they have pictures that are hanging on the wall or you know sitting around that are being turned upside down objects start like moving so it said that sometimes they they would levitate and sometimes they you would visibly see them move as tony would step closer to them what i found and i don't know how true it is but i did find that what made him go okay nope i'm out is when he felt a hand push him towards the stairs. He had um, a majority of the attacks on him. He would have scratches or burns on his chest, uh, his abdomen, his arms. He seemed to take up the, the brunt of the physical attacks and all of this stuff that happened, all of these negative things there were fires that broke out just random fires breaking out in their house can't explain it just are there would be like the the operating area or the room where it's said to have been the operating area would just become cold it, it was um there were a lot of different things that happened to him and with good reason it would be scary it would scare me his wife and his kid his son they they didn't get attacked like this they were never attacked like this but of course his wife would witness with him you know the lights turning on and off or appliances turning on and off um i read somewhere that they had a dog that would sit and growl at nothing in the nursery doorway so that there's there's this room and the dog would not go in there. He'd sit at the doorway and just growl. And they'd go and see, well, what's he growling at? And nothing's there. And of course, over the years, there's been so many people who have visited there and different paranormal groups that have investigated. And there are people who say that they will have like their videos or their video cameras or their investigative equipment that just stop working batteries that they've had fully charged just completely drain they've said you know said oh they've witnessed moving objects had unexplained scratches or bruising um, cold spots physical touches and i even read somewhere that this is a visiting experience like one of the visitors to this house had a trained guide dog that refused to enter the nursery that would not go in there so there's been a lot of documented experiences in this house that 
people have, you know, say, oh, I feel cold spots or I felt someone touch me or I was walking through there and I got a bruise or I noticed I had a scratch. So it's definitely something that a lot of people have experienced and they've experienced a lot of the same things. So the couple, again, I mean, they decided, I mean, he was going through some stuff and he was just like, yep, yeah, no, okay. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. We're, we're leaving. And they, and they did, they did go back a couple of times throughout the years. They had return visits and sometimes they would go back with mediums with like psychic mediums. And I did see something, um, online somewhere that said on one of the trips that they returned to the house with mediums, they witnessed Tony being thrown backwards into a door and then pinned against it by an unseen force like he could not move so I don't know it's kind of interesting there's a lot of experiences that say to have you know are said to have happened and that men usually seem to be the ones who are targeted and if it is the ghost of a little girl who was afraid because let's be honest Sally died she would be in pain and there would be a little bit of fear maybe she is inflicting this upon men that are entering maybe because she's scared but again there have been a lot of psychic mediums there have been a lot of different investigative groups who have visited this house and investigated this house and there are people who think there's a bunch of different entities in that house and not just Sally and that Sally isn't actually the one responsible for the more malicious attacks I find it really interesting that there are so many different people entities that are said to reside in this house that are still there that are responsible for these hauntings I found online that supposedly there's a psychic medium or maybe a couple mediums they, they may just be compli- pi- you know compliant piling sorry compiling the list of these supposed entities um is that there are a couple from the Finney family. That a couple of the spirits there were members of the Finney family, which would make sense because there were they were some of those natural cause documented deaths in the house. Okay. It's also said that there's a civil war civil war soldier, um, an adult prankster, a young boy named Frank. Now I gotta tell you, this one I don't know, but because I couldn't find anything. I could not find anything about this to confirm, deny, nothing. I couldn't find anything about this, so I don't know. But at some point, some medium said that they believe there's a young boy named Frank who died a year after Sally, and he died as a result of a botched suicide attempt from his mom, that his mom survived and she didn't. 
like I said, I really, I could not find anything else on that. I kind I dug this, uh, I was digging. I dug as deep as I could to see if maybe there was some kind of a truth behind it. But again, maybe I'm just not looking in the right places or I'm not looking for the right things because I couldn't find that actually happening. So I don't know. But psychics have been in there. Psychic mediums have been in there and they've identified that there's a negative entity that attacks the house and that strong energies within it you know, within that house that it's actually attached to the land and is older than the house itself and that it stays in the back part of this basement. So, okay. That, I mean, I could see that. I do believe that at some point, I believe that energies can be so strong and so developed in uh, a part of land that even if the house was, you know, just newly built, if there's something attached to that land, you might experience something. I can, I can believe that. And of course, what kind of episode would it be if I did not mention ghost adventures? Am I right? (laughs) Because in my, my looking and reading these stories and these experiences that people have had, I found out, surprisingly enough, I haven't seen the season or the episode, so I went and watched it. Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures investigated Sally House. And here's the great thing. So, one of the things... They interviewed um, somebody who does tours of the house, a tour guide. And she said that she has seen an Indian in the yard, a Native American man in the yard. And she believes that he is actually responsible for some of the more negative attacks, that he's not happy that people are there and that this was his land and he's not happy the house is there. So he's maybe a little bit more unpleasant. But she also says that she doesn't know for sure if that's the case because there's times that she thinks maybe it's something different. And that's completely understandable. That to me was interesting after I had read that some people believe that there's a negative entity that's just attached to the land. So, okay, here's where I love Ghost Adventures. I do. I love it. I don't really question a whole lot about that show. But after reading that and then hearing this tour guide give that that little tidbit of information, I thought to myself, well, was that just for the show or is she real? Real in her, you know, hey, this is what I think I saw. It did kind of make me question that. But regardless... So another thing that I did here on the show, the one thing I was so disappointed about when, because I was having such a hard time finding out when Sally died, like when this supposedly happened, I was hoping, like I had my fingers crossed because they, one of my favorite things about Ghost Adventures is when they go through the history of the location and they tell you these detailed events and 
that to me, that's like the real, I love watching that. It's a very interesting part of the show, but they didn't touch on that. And they didn't really touch a whole lot on Sally. Instead, it was suggested that could it be actually a demonic force, a demonic thing that this basement, you know, in the back part of the basement is like a portal that's allowing spirits to come in and out, which I mean, good argument. It could be, who knows, maybe. They also said on the show that after the Pickmans moved out, that somebody did live there after them. And she happened to be a satanic worshiper. And that there was, there's on the basement floor, there's like this black spot, but the, she used to have a pentagram where that black spot is, is blah, 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 where the black spot is on the basement floor. She used to have a pentagram and she would do like animal sacrifices and stuff with her occult practices or Satan, you know, satanic worshiping. But every single thing I saw online that I was you know, reading about the house or the history, or when I would, you know, hear about the Pikmin story, I never saw anything on there that afterwards there was another tenant. Like I always saw that they were the last ones to live there. So maybe they just didn't feel that this was important. You know, I, I really, I don't know. And the episode, the Pikmins are in this and they do go back to the house and they know about this pentagram that used to be on the basement floor. Now, I didn't get too hung up on that because it is very well documented that they have been back to the house and visited with different mediums over the years after they moved out. So if there was a tenant who was into the satanic worshiping and was doing like animal sacrifices and stuff and, and did have a pentagram on the floor there, they would, I I would assume they would know about it or they would have heard about it. So that I didn't get too hung up on when I saw it. And I thought, okay, well, there's a possibility that that was after, but I can't wholeheartedly say, oh yeah. And then this woman that lived there after them, one, because I wasn't there and two, because I couldn't find it anywhere. I was looking and I couldn't find it. Of course, when they're just renting, it's going to be harder to find the information about the renters that came in after them, because it's not like owning a home. Your, your, your name isn't going on the deed. So it, that could be why I was running into some difficulties there, but I don't, disbelieve that somebody lived there after them. Not, not at all. So that brings me to my next question is if she lived there after them, was there already something malicious in the house for the Pikmins to have experienced this? And maybe she just picked up on that and kind of ran with it. (laughs) Or did she actually live there before them? And did she invite this in? Did she open up this this portal and invite these darker, malicious entities into it? 
it makes it it makes me question that. I'm not even gonna lie, I really do question it. So the one thing I will say, and I can say without a doubt, I I want to go see this place. I want to go. I want to investigate it myself. I know that sounds maybe dumb <laughs> to, to some people, but until you actually go through there, you know, how do you know if it's true or not? But it also makes me wonder, makes me question. Because we hear these stories of these experiences that other people have had and they've made them very public and very well known and people talk about them often. Does that influence us in our belief? You know, of yeah, something happened or no, nothing's going to happen because that was made up. I like to believe that there is a group of people a good portion of people that can hear the experiences that other people have had about these hauntings and even watching the ghost adventure episode and could go in there with an open mind and say, okay, this is what I've heard, but what am I going to experience and not uh, feed off of the emotions that they would get or the feelings that they would get from having this information readily available before they enter the place. And of course, sadly, we have to admit that there are people who would hear these experiences and this these stories that would make the experience happen for them. If that makes sense, that their emotions would be so heightened and their feelings would be so you know, you'd have this instant adrenaline pumping through, you you know, when you go in there that you, you're not approaching it with a clear mind and with a open mind to allow experiences to happen. You might hear, you know, a, a car door shut down the street and, that's going to be like a paranormal thing in that house. They heard the ghost stomp or knock or make a noise. I hope I'm making that clear. Like I hope I, I, I'm trying to make a point with that. And I don't know that I'm actually getting the point across as to what I'm trying to get through, but like, I hope people understand what I mean about that. I will be completely honest and say I love Ghost Adventures. Love that show. And I have for years. I think they're awesome. I'd love to meet those guys. I'd love to go do an investigation with them. I think that would be like the greatest thing ever. It really would. But I wanted to touch on that episode a little bit more if anyone is curious and they do want to watch it it is actually I liked the episode it was good Um, it's Ghost Adventures it's season 13 episode 6 
is where I found that. So, and it's just called Sally House. It's kind of cool. Um, they did go in there and they got evidence of, they got quite a couple, they got a couple of different pieces of, of, of evidence. Now, here's why I like the show because, and I have to point it out. And the reason that I'm going to talk about the show is because I, I felt that I like to believe they're like that first group of people. They can hear all of these different experiences, but they can still go in there with that clear, open mind and like, okay, is something going to happen? If it happens, we'll try to document it. They don't go in there hyped up like, oh yeah, we're going to get evidence and we're going to get this. They try to approach it with an open, calm, fair mind. So that's, I think, a lot of the reason that I like the show. And again, the history aspect of it. I love when they do the history of things, of these places. Anyhow, there's a moment in the the episode where you have Billy and Zach sitting upstairs and Jay and Aaron in the basement. And they're each doing their own separate things with different equipment. And Billy believes he hears piano keys. And he's, did you hear that? And Zach's like, you know, yeah, they're talking about it. He said, well, that was like piano keys. And Zach even says, well, it might've been in the basement because he is keeping in mind that there's two people down there in the basement and they don't dwell on it. They don't try to like, okay, let's go look because they know that there's two, two other people investigating elsewhere in that house and they keep doing what they're doing. In response to the sound that Billy thought he heard that he thought was piano keys, they find out that in the basement, Aaron had knocked into some pipes or hit some pipes, kicked them, whatever he did. And that's what the sound was. That's where the sound originated from. They show the footage of Aaron from his camera and the sound as it happens. And they show when the guys heard it upstairs. So... They were able to debunk. That was not some musical notes. It wasn't piano keys. It was metal. It was a pipe. And it was down in the basement. And it was it. It wasn't even a paranormal thing. I enjoy when they are able to debunk things and when they do that. For me, that makes me believe in their investigation and their the quality of their investigations a little bit more when they're able to they could have easily easily went yeah there were piano keys and they could have edited the footage they didn't have to show us that it was Aaron in the basement hitting these pipes they could have made us believe that they heard these musical notes so that for me was, I, I enjoy when they do that. I also enjoy when they say, I heard laughing or I heard what sounded like singing. And this is in that episode. And Aaron says, you know, I'm wondering if when you're saying you heard this, there's a little bit of an echo over here. Well, then they see that there's something moving. Seriously, go watch the episode because it's kind of awesome. And you might even be able to find clips of it on YouTube, baby. I have, I found the episode on Hulu in case anyone has Hulu. So not a sponsor. I know, but maybe anyway, they, um, 
they have a, some seasons on there, and that that season with that episode is is on there. That's where I watched it. So, uh, yeah, I like how. I like their investigative style that they don't instantly go. That's absolutely paranormal. They try to think of reasons like, why did I hear this? And, and, and I really like when they say, I heard this with my own ears, but we don't have it on the audio. Our camera did not pick it up or our recorder did not pick it up. They're not saying this is fact 100%. This is what we heard. They're saying this is what I heard with my ears, but we don't have the evidence of it. Okay. That's perfect. Thank you for being honest because at least you're not saying without a doubt, we heard this, you're going to hear it too. I think it hypes people up more when they think that they're going to have that same experience and they might not. I was really shocked in the episode two at one of the points they're asking about um, who moved this bear. Like I said, there's a bear that gets moved in this episode. They have this camera on it. The guys weren't even looking at it. It was two guys, Jay and Billy who were watching the cameras that saw this bear moving. The other two that were literally feet from it didn't even see it happen until it got, you know, told like, Hey guys, turn around, pay attention. That bear's moving. But later on in the episode, Zach and, and Billy are using one of their pieces of equipment and they're talking, they're asking questions and they ask who moved the bear and they have like instant, like Monica, Paula, like there's different names and in, in the attic and energies. So it was crazy. They had these names come through and I'd like to know who's Monica and Paula. How many other ghosts are there in that house? You know, and, and are these, pieces of equipment that they're using accurate like how it blows my mind the way some of these instruments that they use can how they're they're made like the study of paranormal has been around for a very long time and a lot of people have really looked into these different things and and the different changes in in, that result in these these paranormal experiences like electric man oh my goodness I promise I'm gonna learn how to talk someday but like the electric electromagnetic field and how when that's manipulated to a certain point, it can be a, a presence of a spirit. It's crazy to me. I, I am interested in how some of these people, these inventors come up with the, uh, with these different tools and how they make them and how they can be sure that the responses that are coming through them or the results that they're getting are that of paranormal, that they are actual spirits or entities that are influencing these different results. It's very fascinating to me. It, it is really cool to know that there are people who have dedicated their lives to creating these pieces of equipment 
to prove that there is an afterlife and that there are spirits that still interact with us in the living world. It also makes me wonder, and I would love to speak with some of them because what, what put you on that path? What made you decide I have to do this? This is my passion. This is my goal to prove that there are spirits among us. It's fascinating to me. It really is. I love the fact that they also used their connect camera. Um, that for me was really cool because a lot of the times on that show, they, they use that camera and they have these anomalies that show up and they look like stick figures. And obviously when you look at the cameras the, the, that they're using in night vision, you, you don't see anything, but in that very exact same spot that they're filming with this camera, you see on that screen, they're seeing that there's this person standing in front of this field of little dots, infrared dots that are put out in front of it. So I like, I like that idea. I like, I think it's cool. It's one of my favorite pieces of equipment that investigators use when they do this kind of stuff. I will have to say my all time favorite though is the spirit box. I love the spirit box. That's my number one piece. Like I cannot get enough of, as I'm saying though, they use that camera and it shuts off on them, which I thought was interesting because like I said, there are visitors and other investigators who have been in that house that have said they had video or investigative equipment just shut off, completely turn off, just not, not work, go black, go screen goes blank. So I thought that was interesting. Granted, we could argue, people could argue that that is a known piece of information. So did they maybe manipulate their equipment shut off. It could be argued, yes, that maybe that happened, but it could also be said that that's just something that happens there. There really isn't an explanation for it. And I also really like the fact that they didn't have any anomalies that got detected on that before it shut off. They, they didn't. So it's not like every time they use that, they're going to see something. I know on a lot of their episodes, when they use that, they do tend to get anomalies on there, but sometimes they don't. And I like that they showed that they, they didn't get any before it shut off. And of course, you know, we see an edited version, so we don't know how long did you, did you try to turn it back on? How long did you try to turn it back on? Did it keep shutting off? You know, we, unfortunately, you know, we, we see this edited version, so we don't know that. But and it's easy to edit things and make people believe that, yeah, that actually happened when we're seeing like five or ten minute clips of, you know, an entire night. But regardless, there are a lot of people who could argue the genuinality. Genuinality. That's not even a word. And I just said that. <laughs> my goodness. Oh my God. I meant to say the genuine nature. 
of their investigations of their show. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get over genuinality. Oh my goodness, I can't get over it. There are people, you can always argue uh, the, the genuine nature or the validity, that's a real word, of the show, the equipment they use, their editing. You can say that, no, they just edit this to make it seem like they always get this, these great, you know, EVPs or spirit box sessions that they always have the best evidence. They really get, you know, some really good stuff and it's all tricks. And that's why people like them. So, I mean, yeah, you could argue that. And then there's going to be people who genuinely believe in paranormal experiences and the the likelihood that maybe there are spirits that are in these different places and around us and among us and we, they can interact with us and whether or not this is made for TV and made to get ratings it's still entertaining and they enjoy watching it so I mean do we really need to fight about it if someone likes something just let them like it let them let them like it and live your life. Go live your non-believing life, right? But I do find I and I will say, I'm not I'm not I don't even know how I got on the ghost adventures. You guys, I go off on tangents. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I need to just start scripting my podcast so that I don't do this and I can stay on point. Um But I will say about Ghost Adventures, I've watched episodes where they have gotten, like, little to no evidence of paranormal. Like, they might have felt something, or they might have had a different change in their emotion, or had a cold spot, but they don't get EVPs, and they don't get the anomalies on on their Kinect camera. They don't have spirit box sessions with with voices, you know, with, with... answers coming through intelligent responses I've seen at least two of their episodes where they really don't get anything so why if and that's I think why I if someone were doing this for ratings and was trying to keep people interested why would they do episodes where they don't get a lot of evidence or any at all people don't want to see that If they're only watching it just because they think, oh yeah, they're always going to have evidence. They're always going to have this stuff come up for them. And we're going to hear these EVPs and we're going to hear the spirit box and we're going to have goosebumps. Why would they show (laughs) episodes and they don't get any? To me, it doesn't make sense why you would want to do that. I mean, and of course, people would then argue, well, you would do that. So people would think, oh, yeah, they're totally genuine. There's that. Did you guys think I was going to say that my made up word again? Because I didn't and I wasn't going to. But regardless of that, I got off again subjects and started talking about (laughs) ghost adventures. So... All I'm going to say, let's, let's wrap it up, right? Shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. So I think that sounds like a really good idea. Before I make up some more words, although it is kind of fun. So really, Sally House has an interesting history. 
it has a, a sad, heartbreaking story attached to it, to this property that already, true or not, uh, which I, so many people believe and so many people have, have said that, oh yes, this happened. I can't, I can't, I shouldn't say I can't believe someone would make it up because I'm sure somebody at some point probably would have. But I believe that the story of the little girl, you know, having this happen, it, it sounds believable. It sounds like it could have happened. And, and I do believe that this is possible. And especially because people have said that they see, they've, they've seen the apparition of this little girl. Uh, there have been people who have taken pictures at Sally house and they have unexplained like not orbs like blobs almost or shadows that are in the weirdest areas of their pictures that they can't explain because they could take one the next you know two seconds later and that isn't there there's apparently been pictures people have gotten a picture of the little girl they believe to be Sally so Really, I think all of it is kind of up for it's how we interpret it and how and what we look at it as. Is this a haunting? Is this not? So it is interesting. And I think that the house itself, you go if you Google search it, you can you can find pictures of the house. And the house itself, the way it is right now, already has that feel of it has that little bit of an uneasy, creepy feel to it when you look at it. So is that a driving force behind why people think that this is happening or why it's maybe a little more sinister because it looks so creepy? It's very possible. But the Pikmins still to this day 100% believe that what happened to them there was genuine. They can't find any ex- other explanation other than an entity, that a malicious entity. So, oh, and I also forgot to point out too that some medium also said that there was a middle-aged woman and she was the one who was behind the frightening attacks that Sally wasn't, you know, as far as Sally not being the only spirit, but you know, it's hard to say it it really is either way. I think we can, I, I think that it's safe to say Sally house. Yes. Haunted. Whether it be actual spirits, whether it be our minds doing it to us, Or maybe it's just the environmental aspects that make us believe that. Sally House is definitely, definitely a haunted place. I do want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you learned a little bit of something. Um, maybe your curiosity is, is, has been piqued, you know, by the story and some of the experiences people have had. I did find a lot of the information about the house online and really all it was is asking the right questions and looking in different areas of, 
of the internet as far as like the house information. And then, of course, Ghost Adventures episode. So, a part of me wonders if maybe I shouldn't just do a podcast like reviewing Ghost Adventure episodes. I don't know. Because I do love the show. I'm not even going to lie. I, I love it. Regardless, again, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm seeing that my audience is growing and that I am getting more plays. And I'm very excited about it. And I want to keep thanking you guys for listening and helping that, you know, helping this grow, helping me make this into something different. It's keeping my excitement and enthusiasm about doing this up. And I'm really, I can't thank you guys enough. I really can't. So thanks for listening. And, and thanks for tolerating me making up words, by the way. Appreciate that too. So again, you guys, thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until the next one, have a good day.